Hey friend, before we get into today's episode, I have a question for you. Actually, I have a couple. Do you long to let go of expectations, obligations, and distractions? Do you long to live with more peace, presence, and purpose? And do you wish you could do less and live more? Then I want to invite you to a new mini course called Do Less, Live More. It's going live in September, and then you'll be able to access it via replay. On it, I'll give you my five-step roadmap to get you on your way to doing less of what doesn't matter so you can live more of what does. But seats are limited, so make sure to go and get your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. In the course, you'll learn how to clarify your one thing to focus on that will make the biggest difference in your life. You'll learn to create space and break free from the distractions. And you'll learn to commit to creating a plan and taking action on the right things. Do you want to reach your destination and enjoy the journey? Then you don't want to miss out on this. Remember, we'll be live in September, and after that, replays will be available. So go get all the info and your ticket at lissafiggins.com forward slash more. Now let's get to today's episode. How do you take your presence to the next level to reflect who you truly are so you can make a lasting impression both virtually and in person? That's what we're going to rethink on this episode. But first, I want to remind you, if you'd like my free Live Well, Age Well guide with three keys to start using today and receive email notifications when new episodes drop, go to lissafiggins.com forward slash agewell. And go ahead and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. And did you hear the news? The best part of the conversation is now happening after the episode in my new Facebook community called Women Repurposed After 40. Click the link in the show notes to join us for all the fun and extra goodies. And if you enjoy this podcast and think it would add value for someone else, it would mean the world to me if you leave a review at podchaser.com or message me at Lisa Figgins on any platform. Before we get into our conversation today, I want to pause and give a huge shout out to our review of the week from Raquel Mobes, who shared, since I met Lissa, she's been nothing but supportive, full of energy and working towards helping women prosper wherever they may be. I always look forward to her guests who bring something new to the table. Can't wait for her next podcast. Thanks so much, Raquel. Your support helps us share this message with more women like you, and your name will go in our monthly drawing. So you may be asking, what's a girl to do if she wants to get her name in the drawing? I'm so glad you asked. There are two simple ways. One, leave a review on podchaser.com, or two, screenshot an episode, post on social, and tag me, at Liz Figgins. Now let's rethink your presence. So today I'm excited to introduce you to Deborah Fawaz. She is a personal stylist, makeup artist, and an image consultant. Anybody need one of those? Um, She is the founder of DD Faces and she works with women and men, but the show is for women. So works with women who want to take their physical presence to the next level, both online and in person so that you can be memorable and make an impression. So Deborah, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Tell us, I always love to hear about the story behind what you do. So tell us a little bit about your journey to how you got to doing what you're doing today. Sure, thanks for having me, Lissa. Um, Without spending too much time on my personal history, 
my interest in hair, makeup, fashion, color, all, all things about your exterior physical self really started um, when I was a young girl. I was the oldest of two kids and the only girl. And my dad was a minister in Northern Illinois. So one thing, we moved a lot. So I was always the new kid. Um, I was five foot nine, which I still am not shrinking yet. Um, when I was 12 years old in the seventh grade, so taller than the boy, the, the center on the boys basketball team. Um, and therefore store-bought clothes were very hard to find. And so my mom sewed most of my clothes because they weren't long enough in the arms anywhere. Um, so I, I really yearned to be able to go into a store and just buy something off the rack. Um, also, you know, there wasn't much money in those times um, for ministers' families. And my mother was the consummate <laughs> minister's wife. So she had to be a reflection of my father, which she felt like needed to be close to perfect. And then I had to reflect her. And, you know, back in those days, I know your, your vintage is a little younger than me, but um, it was the whole children are seen and not. Yeah, that's right. Seen and not heard. So right. I was dressed up real pretty and, you know, just kind of stood there and smiled. Um, when I was 16, she took me to Merle Norman. Have you ever heard of that company? I have. Yes, we have one here in town. Okay. So, yes, they're still around. And typically, it's like a freestanding building that's cosmetics and makeup. And she took me there so that I could get a makeup lesson and, and look proper, you know, and that I wasn't going to be embarrassing to her with too much or whatever. Well, that was like taking a little girl into a candy store. I was thrilled. I loved it. And I've never stopped. So I then went on, you know, in college, I did everybody's makeup. And then I did their makeup for their weddings. And I helped them pick out the gowns and, and on and on and on it went. Um, so I have gone on to get certifications in color analysis, and um, I am a professional makeup artist, and I just love fashion and style. That's really fun. And I'm sure, you know, so many things have changed, right, over the years, just because we all know nothing stays around forever, but it does tend to cycle back again. So I tell people, hang on to it, or just kind of ride out some of those trends and fads, because usually it will come back, you know, full circle. Uh, to that. So as you've, you know, and one thing I'm curious about when I'm listening to your story and that perfection standard that was put on you, right. When it came to your, your physical presence and what it looked like, um, was that something that was difficult for you feeling like you had to measure up to that standard? And was that something that you had to work through when you got a little bit older and just not letting that be something that was defining who you are and your value? That's a great question. And yeah, there has been some therapy. <laughs> we all need therapy. <laughs> there have been, you know, some hard conversations with the family. And what is also interesting is as my mother evolved into a more confident businesswoman, she, she started out as a teller and then ended up being the vice president of the bank company. Um, she let go of a lot of those things and was more accepting of herself. 
uh, got a sense of humor, which I don't remember her having when I was growing up. And so that's allowed me as well to let go of some of those things. So I still care about, you know, how I look and how healthy I am and what I weigh, but Hey, I wear a baseball cap to the grocery store. Uh, You know, I have no makeup days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's healthy, right. To have that as long as we don't feel like that's what defines us. Right. Right. And gives us that value. And, you know, and we know that our beauty, our true beauty comes within. And especially you and I both know as we age, things start changing, right? We don't quite look the same as we did back in our twenties when we were uh, putting those clothes on or or doing, you know, our makeup, our skin looks different. There's a little bit more pooch around the belly, you know, there's just a little bit more sagging and bagging and things like that. And so how to still make ourselves, you know, really beautiful and reflect who, who we are. So why do you think that it's important? Um, You know, so specifically, you know, we're, I'm addressing women who are after 40, Uh, so when it comes to, you know, our personal style, when it comes to figuring, you know, those things out, why, why may that be specifically important for somebody in this stage of life? I think that for many of us, nobody really taught us like how to do this. Yes. You could watch, you know, YouTube videos for years. I understand that. But it's not an interactive process and watching a YouTube tutorial, whether it's about color or fashion, hair, makeup, any of that is completely one sided. So it's not a conversation. And when I work with people, specifically women, I want to make sure that whatever we create together reflects their personality, their lifestyle and their brand. Okay, you might have an hour to get ready but my next client might have 10 minutes to get ready with three kids and two dogs running through her bathroom while she's trying to do it, right? So I wanna create something that is the best of you, but fits your life and and something that you're willing to do. For example, we could go, you know, to any makeup counter at the mall and get our makeup done and say, oh, I wanna look natural or, you know, I want a smoky eye or I want something glamorous, but it's, it's not a teaching experience. Your eyes are mm-hmm. closed. You're sitting there and you can't go home and duplicate it. So right, um, right. that, that is part of the process in how I work with people. Um, you know, I give you the brush if we're doing a makeup class and I show you how to dip it in and where to put it and you do it. I don't do mm-hmm. it you know, you do it. Right. Cause we often leave, right. We often leave a makeover or a hairdresser and think, wow, this looks fantastic. I could never do this myself, you know? So I I love that you're very hands-on, you know, with, with that process. And it was interesting. I was prom dress shopping with our daughter and our exchange student a couple of weeks ago. And I said, I remember saying to them when I was their age, right. We had like 17 magazine that I would get like once, you know, once a month would come and that's where I would kind of catch up on what the newest styles were. And, you know, what, what, what think people were wearing and makeup tips and things like that. But now, I mean, with social media, those images are, you know, everywhere, not just the how to's, but also just those standards, right. That are, that are out there. Have you seen, you know, the effect that that has on women and how they feel about themselves and, you know, and and what they're doing or not doing because they're seeing so many images out there of, you know, what they should look like or what they feel like they should look like. I feel like, um, as we in our generation have raised our girls, 
because we had an awareness of this and, you know, the body image thing and all the eating disorders that can go along with all of that, that those were conversations that were never had with me because it just wasn't talked about then, but that um, we we're more educated about that now. And we as parents are encouraged to talk to our daughters about that, talk to them about photoshopping and filters. And, you know, that's not real on the front of that magazine. Um, things have been done to it. And so that's not perfect. And it's, it's not authentic. And it's not who that person really looks like if you met them on the street. So I, I think as women, you know, that's something that we have to constantly be aware of. I wanted to yeah. add on to um, something we talked about earlier about why does it even matter? Um, in several of the um, talks that I give, I, I'm also a professional speaker. I talk about first impressions and why it really matters. Uh, I, I meet women who say, you know, Deborah, I respect you and I like what you do and you always look great, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? People don't hire me because of how I look. People hire me because of the excellence of my skills or, you know, they want some of my content. So like this just doesn't matter. And I understand that point of view, but I would like to challenge that and say, you don't really know. There is no statistic that we can take on how many people didn't give you a second chance to get to know you after they first met you, right? Nobody calls you right. up and says, hey, Lisa, I love your hair, you're cool, you're so healthy, and but um, you know, I'm just not feeling your vibe and I don't wanna have coffee with you. No one gives you that feedback, they just kind of go away. So what right. if, we were able to be more memorable and make a more lasting impression and not even just about how we look. I work with people about the content of their conversation or how they enter a meeting room, um, how they enter a luncheon, because we are going to do that again. Um, right. Because that old saying about seven seconds to impress, there are hundreds and hundreds of psychological studies about how the brain, basically the subconscious brain, registers an opinion of an image before we can consciously say, oh my gosh, I love Liz's mm. outfit today. It's already mm. gone quick up there. And so that really wow. is that really is why it matters. Mm. And I love what you said about presence, right? That that presence that you bring with. And so when you walk into a room, you don't want somebody to just say, wow, that dress or wow, those shoes or wow, even though you may have some of those great pieces, but you want them to say, wow, who is that Deborah? Who is that Lissa? Who is that Sally? What is it about her that's really intriguing? That's drawing me in, right? That's making me feel like that's someone I want to you know, have a relationship with or work with right. or things like that. I'm curious, so much has gone to, you know, virtual and uh, this platform, especially in the past year with, you know, us being more at home and not as out and about and things like that. So what have you seen, uh, you know, when it comes to being able to make those first impressions over a Zoom call, right? Or over something that's more of like a digital type engagement. And, you know, oftentimes for me, most of my interactions, the only way I interact with somebody is is digitally, you know, through through a video chat or something like that. They never 
are with me in the same room. So what, what does that look like? And what have you seen in that area? So I started networking virtually in March of 2020. And in my, in my job or just my lifetime, I really never had to do that before. Yes, I would like FaceTime, you know, with family that was far away, but you know, who cares? You're in your pajamas and a ponytail, right? So I love you anyway. Yeah, yeah, never. um, So a lot of people have lived in this world of virtual meetings in corporate America, but most of us, nobody really taught us the etiquette. Yes, they taught us how to click on (laughs) Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever and how to use the equipment. But who talked about all the other things like lighting and background and makeup or not, or glasses or glare, noise, microphones, virtual backgrounds, all of that. So by by the end of April, I had so many observations from so many meetings that I actually developed a program called the Top 10 Mistakes Participants Make in Online Meetings. And um, that's something I offer to people. Um, It's also one of my talks. So I start at number 10 and uh, that's the noise distraction. And then we work our way up to number one. And uh, just to (laughs) give you a little idea, I am actually hiding out in a bedroom at my son's house today because I had an opportunity for an emergency. We need babysitting help phone call. Love that. And you would never know it. If you're watching her live, you she looks like she's in a professional studio, right? Packed up my equipment, my portable equipment, and here I am. Um, so that's something I help people with, too. I can make recommendations of where to buy things, where to buy them inexpensively. Mm-hmm. You really do not have to drop a lot of money. But awareness of where the camera is, you know, and what other people are looking at, minimizing distractions, all of that is super important. And I I am no business analyst, but there is no doubt in my mind that this form of doing business, getting to know people, having sales conversations will remain virtual to a certain extent. Don't yes, I I totally agree because I think that number one, it's, it's helped with time, you know, mm-hmm. that people, you could very quickly, you know, meet with several people within a short time frame, and it's opened up, you know, your reach to way outside of your zip code and, you know, within driving distance. So I think it's really expanded the, the networking that we can do and the connections that we can make. So if someone is listening today and they're, you know, they're, they're wanting to, you know, they're thinking, okay, I need to start working on my, you know, on my presence. I want to make a lasting impression. I want to be memorable. I want people to, you know, to, to start connecting with me. What would be a couple of tips that you would have um, that, that, that somebody could, you know, start thinking about or implementing? Um, okay, let's talk about um, being like fascinating and being interesting, leaving somebody a little curious, like you mm-hmm. said, wanting to know maybe just a little more. Be aware of your chit chat conversation. You know, we all know, and even if you're an introvert, you can do this. So we all know that in business, we're not supposed to talk about sex, politics, and religion. Okay, we all get that. But what if you didn't talk about the weather, traffic, and sports either? 
especially if you're in the same geographic area and we're driving to a restaurant, let's say for a networking event, we all experience the same weather. We live in the same town with the same team <laughs> and right. the same traffic. So if I have a conversation with you and you talk about the traffic and then, you know, you move on and I move on to another group of people, I'm not going to go out to my car with your business card and say, because I always take little notes. So here's another mm -hmm. tip, you know, either take notes if you're online about something that was fascinating or interesting or different about somebody so that when you talk to them again, you can say, for example, oh, Lisa bought those earrings in Italy because she told me every time she takes a trip, she buys a piece of jewelry. I'm going to remember that. So I'm going to go out to my car and put that on your business card, mm -hmm. takes an annual trip and purchases jewelry. So four months from now, when I see you, I'll say, so have you traveled outside the country? Mm -hmm. you know, right. or, and you'll be impressed because I remembered something from months ago that you thought you just happened to drop. I'm not going to go out to the car and write down traffic was bad for Alyssa today. Mm. Who cares? Right. Exactly. So, you know, I, I even in some of my workshops have the participants just start jotting down little conversation starters or questions. Um, another tip would be um, choose what your accessory is going to be that you want to be focused on. Maybe you have this really funky little clutch bag or something. And, you know, as women, when we're in person, most of us scan the room, find a place to put down our purse and leave it there. But what if you're an introvert and you don't really want to start conversations, but your bag was is the most fascinating part of your outfit? Keep it. Mm -hmm. People will ask you about it and you don't even have to start the conversation. What a fun idea. It could be a necklace. It could be a fun pair of shoes. It could be a right. scarf. Yeah. I love that. Kind of so something. Don't, do all, don't do all of that. Right. Don't put on your, be statement, your statement, this, a scarf and a purse. Pick one be a little these. too much. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think even too on Zoom, it can be very distracting. You know, you want to pop a little bit so that you're not just melting into your background, but you also don't want to be so distracting because, you know, all they're seeing is, you know, from the chest up, depending on, you know, how close you're sitting. So having something that kind of shines and, you know, and pops, but doesn't distract from what you're doing. No, I agree with that. And especially on Zoom, you know, it's kind of a joke. If it, in the beginning of 2020 about, oh, haha, I'm in my yoga pants or I'm in my gym shorts, but I have my tie on. To me, it's really not a joke. And some people might think that I'm taking this too seriously. But if you are coming to a business meeting online, you need to dress as if you were really going into the boardroom. The only pass I give people is you could be barefoot. You don't need yeah. to wear your heels to your desk. But I right. can spritz on some cologne. Like I do the whole deal because I want my mind and my body prepared for that business experience. And I truly believe that you come to the meeting, whether it's in person or virtually, with that mindset and the intention of whatever it is that you want to create within that meeting. But um, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm not for living your yoga pants. Yeah, I'm a, I, I totally could resonate with that. In fact, today, so April 16th is the day that we are recording this. Today is National Go to Work in Your Pajamas Day. And I'm a part of a group that, you know, we have a challenge each day. So the challenge today was, you know, what are your pajamas? And I was like, I can't do that. Even though I own my own health and wellness business, I work from home. Many days I never leave the house. I am fully dressed head to toe you know, my hair, I've got makeup on, I've got earrings, necklace, and I put shoes on because for me, I, it's like, I just need that kind of grounding. I think it is, you know, to really feel like I'm ready to, to do my day. Right. And not like, I just want to go curl up on the couch. Um, so I totally resonate with that. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if anybody's going to see me or not. Yeah. I wore my fun pink pants the other day that, you know, are fantastic, but nobody saw them. That's okay. Cause I felt fantastic. Right. Because, um, I had those on. So yeah, I, I really, it's, it's a mindset, right? And we, we, Absolutely. the way that we show up is the way we're going to, uh, to interact. Right. I find I'm a lot more productive if I'm in work clothes rather than comfort clothes. I love that. I love that. Well, there are so many different areas of this. And I love the fact that, you know, you're helping people in so many different ways that maybe right now someone's listening and thinking, gosh, I never even thought about that before. You know, that is something I need to really think about whether you're a business person or not, you know, just about how, how your presence is coming across to other people. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, you mentioned one of your courses, you know, what are some of the things that you have to offer and how can people, you know, find you after listening to this? Well, I work with people individually and I also work with small groups, groups of 10 or less, um, both virtually and in person. Um, I've started teaching virtual makeup classes because I thought you just can't sit here and wait for the world to, you know, open back up and, and people really embrace that. And so that's, that's been fun. So that's a new part of my journey. Um, I am a professional speaker. I have about six or seven different topics that I can speak on. So I would love an introduction to, you know, a woman's group, a networking group that is looking for a little different spin on how to elevate your business and grow yourself. Um, my website is ddfacesbydebra.com and I have a scheduler in there. So anybody that wants to talk to me, pick out a time on that calendar and we will have a complimentary call and, you know, let's just see what what we can create together and cook up. What would you like to be different? Or do you just have questions and you want to pick my brain? I am open to that. I love that. Thank you so much for that generous offer. We will put that link down in the comments. So if you are listening right now and you would like to, you know, pick Deborah's brain or find out more about some of the programs she offers or some of the specific tips that she's sharing, please do reach out and share this with someone else. I, I know that as women, you know, we want to feel good about how we're presenting ourselves and how we look. And so this is an area that I feel like, um, you know, we just want to be intentional about. And, you know, so share this with someone, you know, that would benefit from, uh, from thinking about these things, making these things a priority, you know, so often we're so busy serving everyone else and then we neglect ourselves. And really we could show up a whole lot better for all those people. If we just took a few minutes to really take care of ourselves. Do you agree? I I completely agree. And so many of the things that we talked about today, for most of us, nobody taught us how to do this, you know? And so if if your mom or your older sister wasn't into all this and didn't Mm -hmm. understand about first impressions and posture and entrance and 
content of conversations, nobody really teaches you that. Right, so it, right. It's, it's okay that you don't know it. It's yes, okay it's never too late. It's not important. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. And it's never too late, right? No matter what stage of life you're in. I, yeah, some things I always say, I wish I knew that when I was 20. But I'm so glad, you know, when I meet someone like you who can teach me in my 40s and beyond what that what that can look like. So I love that. And I will go ahead and put a link down in the comments as, as well for a free prioritize you call of just looking at the health piece of it. You know, I think I believe that we better take care of our bodies and we feel good about ourselves. It's not about a number on a scale or a number on a tag. It's about knowing that you're just taking care of you so that you can be your best you. So I will put a link to that down below and love helping women make that a priority in their life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah, so much for sharing with us today and showing us what that presence can look like. Um, You are definitely an example of that. And I know many women are inspired and I'm excited to get to share this with them. So Thank you everyone for listening in today. And I really encourage you to share this with a friend and to take advantage of the free resources that'll be in the notes. So make sure that you go there and check those out. And remember until next time, you can live repurposed. Just keep rethinking your priorities of growth, wellness and purpose and create a life that you love. Thank you. Thank you. So grateful. Have a great evening. Thanks so much for listening today. It means the world to me that we could spend this time together. And I can't wait for you to join in the conversations afterwards in our new Facebook group, Women Repurposed After 40, where you can hang out with me, our fantastic podcast guests, and amazing women like you wanting to live repurposed too. Just click the link in the show notes while it's top of mind. And if you enjoyed this episode or think it would be helpful for other women in this stage of life, please leave a review at podchaser.com or right here on this platform. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today or what you'd like us to talk about in the future. So send questions, comments, or suggestions in a message to Lisa Figgins on any platform. And until next time, remember, keep rethinking your priorities to create a life you love.